Good morning, Christ of the North. How are we doing this morning? Doing pretty good myself. Man, what a year. What a year. Last time I was up here, I was in Easter, and I look at how much has changed since then. Um, COVID obviously has wrecked the nation, has come and gone, and we surged back and forth. Um, working from home, I was working from home that I wasn't, and now I'm working back home again. Um, you know, COVID and Chadwick Boseman, Southern Passings kind of shook us to our core. We had the Black Lives Matter protests and movements. Um, weird sports schedules, right? They took away March Madness. You know, that was devastating to me. Um, then, you know, took away NBA, then it came back into a bubble. We had playoffs in August, and it was great. But um, furniture and, and appliance shortages. You know, I went and renovated my basement in June and July. I still haven't got my furniture, so I can't be still. I still, I called the Crossfit Furniture Mart yesterday, and they said, well, Mr. Nair, uh, it still says here, it's for the delivery date, November 25th. That's coming gone. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and they're like, we don't have an update from the manufacturer. So the manufacturer doesn't even know when I'm going to get my furniture. Well, I got two other floors. I'll be just fine. Well, right. um, <laughs> many of us are sitting here looking back at 2020. And a year ago, we were thinking about, oh, man, 2020 is going to be my year. And a year later, we're like, well, is this how it's supposed to go? <laughs> like, uh, I didn't have all this planned. <clears throat> Mary and Joseph were in that similar situation. Oh. <clears throat> Joseph proposing to the love of his life, getting down on one knee, getting excited. They're going through the wedding planning. And all of a sudden, the angel comes to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby by God. And she's like, well, I, that's impossible. Uh, I'm a virgin. She goes, yeah, you're, you're good. You still have a baby. <laughs> but I have plans to marry. Yeah, you'll be all right. You have a baby. And can you imagine just to be like Usher and give her, these are my confessions, part one and part two, to Joseph. And Joseph has to sit there and take this in. And God bless him, but he was like, okay, I'm going to do this quietly. I'm going to call his engagement off, not embarrass anyone. You know, hey, don't come to the uh, reception. You'll be good. Um, don't send that gift. Or take a, get, go back to Target, get that gift back. Um, hopefully get the receipt. And then God has to intervene in Joseph's life and says, no, uh, this, this is the plan. And imagine that conversation when Joseph has to go tell his mom about he's going to marry a girl who was pregnant by someone else. <laughs> no, I know my mom's reaction. I already know. I see her back there. She's shaking her head. Look, my mom's always going to be on my side. And yeah, there is going to be a whole lot of chaos and confusion. Imagine how awkward those next uh, few vacations or holidays with the in-laws were. Right? right? <laughs> it just going to be an awkward situation. Um, and then in the midst of all this, they're trying to, their life is kind of torn apart, and they're trying to figure it out. And the government comes in and says, hey, we, we might do a census. Imagine if we had social media back then. Could you imagine the people tweeting and putting on Facebook status about how there's a conspiracy about the government wanting to count how many people they have and they're, that they're responsible for? There will be all kinds of chaos. 
right? I have to go back to my hometown where I was born. They had the paperwork on me to do my census. Uh, is there a mail-in ballot I can give? <laughs> There's been chaos and confusion. People will be arguing about it. Was this supposed to how it was supposed to go? I guarantee you, um, before their wedding, you know, most women anticipate what their wedding's going to look like. I guarantee you this was not the plan. Right. This was definitely not the plan. Yeah. Right. No. Right. So I'm going to take a look at the Christmas story um, today in Luke chapter 2. Um, we're going to look at the Christmas story. We're also going to take some look at some characters who... Um, exemplify everything that Pastor Fields has been teaching us throughout this past year. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Imagine this. In the midst of chaos, Personal lives are a wreck. The government is putting certain actions on them. They have to travel. She's about to burst any moment, and she gives birth in a manger. That definitely wasn't the plan. But in the midst of this great chaos, the greatest miracle the world has ever seen comes into this world. The Messiah is here. This is the most talked about event in human history. We count our days by it. It is year 2020. The world has been around longer than 2020. But to us, the world changed ever since then. In the midst of chaos, the greatest miracle that was ever seen is here. And the angels are going to contain their excitement. They go off to the nearest people by them to the shepherds and say, hey, the Messiah is here. And the shepherds run and go see it. And they're amazed. And verse 19, it says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Imagine receiving such an incredible gift. Against all the odds, you receive this incredible gift. The greatest gift a woman can give a man is a child. Yes. The greatest gift a woman can have is birthing a child and becoming a mother. This is an incredible, incredible gift. And imagine being surrounded by all these people who are amazed about this child. This immaculate conception and everything that's going on. Here's the Savior, the Son of God, in your arms that you are responsible for. Many of us can remember such great gifts. Right? I shared with you a couple of years ago. Uh, about one of my favorite Christmases as a young boy. The year I got the PS2 and a doll in the same 24 hours. It was incredible. Okay? Yes, kids, I am that old to have every single PlayStation. Okay? I know the PS5 is a hot item this year. Okay? I get it. When I was a young kid, the PS2 was a hot item. Okay? So, I got it. And I remember sitting there, I can still picture me laying on the ground, playing Madden for the first time, and a puppy laying on my chest. So this is amazing to me. 
And that PS2 is long gone. It's, in, it's been scrapped for parts, or it's in some landfill somewhere. I don't even know. It's, just, it's gone. Okay? And that dog has, that dog saw me from a young boy all the way to a man, but she's gone in the past. And every once in a while, I have a little digital photo frame in my kitchen. I'll walk by, and it'll catch my eye. And I see her playing with a toy, or me rolling around the ground with her. And it takes me back. Right. And I, I, I cherish those memories. Mm -hmm. Similar to Mary. Mary's like, I kept all these things in her heart. So even God himself understands what incredible gift that is. So much so, we refer to him as a father because he understands that we are such incredible gifts. And many Christmas stories will end just there. Most, of, most pastors and everything else, the, the movie cuts right there, the next episode comes on, and we just kind of, okay, there's a the Christmas story. But there's more to this story. This is where I want to spend the meat of our time here today. Jump down to Luke, chapter 22. I'm mean, the first two, uh, chapter 2, verse 22. Then, it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, If a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offer the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So after the birth, they had a few days to collect themselves. And then they had to go from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, which is about a 45-minute walk. Okay, but with a newborn, I can imagine that's a long journey. <laughs> so even in cars, I understand just that's a long journey. So they have to go and present this child that's required by law because they're Jewish people, Jewish parents, and they do what they're supposed to do. They have this incredible gift. And they take care of that gift by doing what was required of them. Mm -hmm. Similar to how many parents will go and do a christening here at Christ of the North. It's an asking to protect, God to protect that child until he's old enough to make a decision for himself. In the midst of the chaos, they went back to their fundamentals. They went back to their foundation what they were raised on. They did what they were supposed to do. May be echoing Pastor Fields. There are still, I can hear him ringing at Park University track. Um, I'm coming around the 300 turn and he's yelling, screaming, All right, get to work, get to work, keep pumping, keep pumping. And back in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to die. <laughs> I can't do one more of these, Pastor. You're killing me here. Push through, push through, stay tall, go to your form, go to your fundamentals. This is what they do. They take care of that. They receive a gift. And they go to the temple to uh, to present a sacrifice for God. Not knowing that the, that offering that they're giving is going to be that offering for the entire world. <laughs> Twenty-five. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him 
that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Simeon, in the best-selling book of all time, the most studied book in human history, it is recorded and he is described as a righteous and devout and disciplined godly man. What an incredible compliment. And he had been waiting for something that generation after generation after generation has come and gone. In fact, they've been waiting 400 years since the last book in the Bible was written. 400 years of silence. 400 years of wondering when the Messiah would come. Now put this in perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States declares independence in 1776. That's 244 years ago. Add an extra 150 years. Your grandkids' grandkids won't see that. That's a lot of waiting. Of silence. People giving up hope. Probably walking away from the faith. Not knowing it's ever going to come. Governments have come and gone in that time. They're now being ruled by the Roman Empire. And the Jewish people are like, hey, uh, Messiah, is it? Anytime now? And Simeon, probably one of the few still holding on to the hope, is sitting there saying, I will not die until the Messiah comes. And the amazing thing is, is he had the Holy Spirit upon him. Now remember, this wasn't a freely gift like we all get today. If you've been up, if you were going tuning into Pastor Fields' Bible studies on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've been going over and over again the power of the Holy Spirit and what that entails. But he has it. You have to be a certain elite individual to receive the Holy Spirit at those times. And here's Simeon understanding in unison the Holy Spirit. And believing in that promise that he would not die until he got to see the Messiah. And it says he was eagerly waiting. Eagerly. Anticipating. Looking, counting down the days. Some of you have been eagerly waiting on certain things for a long time. Maybe you thought 2020 was going to be the year it came to fruition. You've been praying and praying, crying, pleading. Maybe some of you have given up. God, have you forgot about me? Do you really love me? I've been praying this for years. Sydney is thinking about, he's about to die. He's, he's, he's already thinking death thoughts. At 30 years old, 32 years old, I'm not thinking what well, I, I can die happy now. I'm not thinking those thoughts. So we must know that Simeon was an elderly man at this point. He'd been waiting, waiting, waiting. What are some of the things you've been pleading and waiting for God to deliver on? Are you connected with the Holy Spirit as you wait? It never said that Simeon got disconnected. It says he was connected. So while he was waiting, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was being disciplined. Yes. He was being devout. Yes. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Like Pastor Fields last week, he said to himself, don't get tired of doing good. 
too many of us will sit there and say, we'll do a couple of good things, especially on the holidays. We may give to charity or we may give our time. We might give some presents or, you know, you may have cooked something for the women at, at the shelter for Thanksgiving. And you're like, okay, God, where's my blessing at? And God's like, don't get tired of doing good now. My timing is perfect. He could have walked away from the belief after so many years. Instead, he was eagerly waiting. Get back to your fundamentals. Do what's gotten you to this point. Continue to be righteous. Continue to be devout. Continue to be connected to that mind. The promise will be, be fulfilled just like the promise was fulfilled to the world through the birth of Jesus Christ. Verse 27. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Are you connected to the Holy Spirit so that he can put you in position to receive your blessing? If Sidney is not this, if he's not connected to the Spirit, he is not told to go to the temple on that particular day. Right. If he is hung over from the night before partying, he hits that snooze alarm and misses his blessing he's been waiting his whole life for. Right. Right. Have you disqualified yourself by your decisions? Well. By your life choices? Right. Getting disconnected? Have you unqualified yourself to receive your blessing? Simeon wasn't. He was connected and boom, go to the temple. doesn't tell him why. He just says go to the temple. And in comes Mary and Joseph. Now, you guys understand, this temple is huge. It's humongous. Every Jewish people, Jewish people all over the world have gone, will, will, will come to this temple for various things. There's a lot of people coming and going. Simeon was there. Could you imagine sitting there wondering why you're here and you connect through the crowd of people and you see a young man and a young woman walking in with a baby boy and understanding there's my blessing. There's my gift. It's weird how that works. I've heard stories of, of men seeing their wife for the first time and understanding there goes my wife. I'm a romantic like that. I love those stories. Could you imagine the years of praying, of crying, of pleading? And for in that moment, Light bulb, probably the day probably got brighter. Mm -hmm. And there he goes. There's my blessing. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been working my whole life for. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit put me in position yeah. to receive my blessing. And it says here, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord. Now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. 
He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And He is the glory of your people Israel. Mm. Simeon. Being obedient. Connected to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Didn't get tired of doing good. Oh. Now gets to hold the Savior mm -hmm. that he had been hearing for generations. He sees a fulfillment in the promise that was given yeah. to David. He sees the fulfillment of the promise that was given to Abraham. Mm -hmm. He was seeing the fulfillment of the promise given to the serpent. Mm -hmm. He's holding it in his arms because he didn't get tired of doing good. <laughs> Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God that many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Simeon, connected to the Holy Spirit, gives Mary a prophecy about what she's in for. He's basically telling her in so many words, there's going to be a day where you're at the foot of the cross. And your baby boy that you're holding now, it's going to be there. It's going to feel like your heart is being ripped out of his chest. Hmm. Not knowing that this particular individual is going to be the, the sacrifice that you're offering today. He's going to be that sacrifice for the world. Wow. For generations and generations to come. Yes. Simeon. What an amazing character. What an incredible gift. Yes. Yes. What an incredible godly man to follow. But we meet another person here in the story. Verse 36. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Anna, a godly woman, who after her life was torn apart, by the passing of her husband, mm -hmm. dedicates her life to God. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It says here she was worshiping, fasting, prayer, day in, day out. Mm -hmm. 84 years old, I imagine she was married at a young age, so for the last 60 plus years, she had been doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me, the, uh, the craft she probably developed but she went back to what she knew after life fell apart and utilized her gifts. Thirty-eight. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. There are times where an elderly person will come in who has different musical influence than the music that I was brought up on. 
and they start playing that organ. That organ gets dusted off, and those keys get to tickling, and now I'm transported to another time. And it hits you in a different spot. All right, I think about J.K.'s mother when she yeah. comes and blesses us. Yeah, you get transported. I love it. That Lord gets to going, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to be in the sanctuary. I can't be with the teenagers back there. I got to be in the sanctuary. Because you can just transport it. I can imagine that scene where Simeon is telling and blessing the baby. And Anna is there after years and years of crafting her craft, of praise and worship. And she sings a song that everyone is just stops and stares. I can picture it. She gets to sing and praising God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Continues on to say, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. She becomes one of the first evangelists. She becomes one of the first. Godly woman. Dedicating her life to God. Gets to praise and worship them in the flesh. And then gets to tell everyone about it. Right. What an amazing woman. Amen. We're good. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law, they returned home to Nazareth and Galilee. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. Let's not cut Simeon and Anna out of it. Because they give us the shiny examples as one of the first believers what we're supposed to be doing. In the midst of chaos, here they are, working their gifts, being dedicated, being disciplined, not getting tired of doing good. And the blessings that come about it are immeasurable. In the whole, the state of the world, present them alongside Mary and Joseph at the temple. Anna dedicating her life after her, her own personal life fell apart to the work of God. She gets to sing and offer her gift to Him. What an incredible opportunity. If they miss a step on any of those situations, they get to miss that gift and they're not recorded in the Bible. If Pastor Kiel has been teaching us anything, do this year. Do not disqualify yourself yeah. from your blessing. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you and completely transparent. The very first time we went on lockdown, I got, um, I got super lazy. I got undisciplined. Someone who's been disciplined my entire life, I became undisciplined. I wasn't teaching every week. Right. So guess what I stopped doing? I stopped studying. Right. Yeah, I would tune into Bible studies because that's what I do. But I wasn't preparing myself beforehand for it. Right. I got lazy. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere. The only people I would talk to on a daily basis was the lady at Firehouse subs taking my order. <laughs> right? That's the only you know, then my nieces and nephews, my nieces and my immediate family, about the only people I see in person for weeks on end. And I got incredibly lazy. I stopped working out. Yeah. I stopped doing what got me to this particular point in my life. Right. 
I even got lazy around that house. Uh, no one's coming over, so why do all the dishes? <laughs> I'm wearing sweatpants and hoodies all day, every day, so why do I got to do all the laundry? I got incredibly lazy. Oh, I love the grass continue to grow. I mean, who else wants to show it for? I'll get to it eventually. I got incredibly lazy. I got undisciplined. I got disconnected. And I almost got kind of in a funk. I probably won't call it depression, but it was definitely a funk. I was not myself. But thankfully, the teaching of Pastor Fields, he, he, taught, a, he, he taught a sermon and talked about getting back to your disciplines. And it shook me to my core. I remember being in the back almost in tears because I, I realized what got me to my this point in life was always being disciplined. I wasn't always the greatest athlete on my teams. Right. But I was probably the most disciplined. I wasn't always the greatest preacher or teacher, but I guarantee you probably want to outwork me. But what got me to that point, I let go of. And it shook me to my core. And now that I'm back to working out, right. going back to my studying, going right. back to my things, I am respectfully waiting for what's going to come in 2021. Because I know I'm not disconnected. I know the promises he has for me. So don't miss out on Christmas this year. I know it's going to be a lot of gifts, kids. I know you've been begging your parents for that PS5, and you're eagerly waiting that PS5. See, Mom, I told you, Brother, uh, brother Trevor said, I'm going to give you waiting on the PS5. That's not what I'm saying here. Okay? They're impossible to get a hold of. I try. Uh, but there are certain things in life that he has in store for you. Don't disqualify yourself from receiving And when you do get it, I know many of you got great gifts during this chaotic time. Job promotions, new houses, new gifts, new responsibilities, new things, new children. Take care of that gift. Because you've been entitled, you've been entrusted with it. Be like Anna, be like Simeon. As I invite Isaac up here to share us his gift for Christmas, I encourage you. Be like Simeon. Be like Anna. Yeah. Be like those examples in the Christmas story. And I guarantee you, those things you keep me waiting on will come to, will come to pass. Amen. Amen.